This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer. And it's so good to be back with you at this time. We went off the air in our last study. We were speaking about how the Lord is fixing or preparing to deliver the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's hand. We saw there where that uh, Moses had just approached Pharaoh and said, Let my people go. The Lord sent me to tell you, let my people go. Oh, my friend, uh, Pharaoh didn't like it, did it? Did you know Satan? Satan don't like to let his folks go, don't like to let the Lord's folks go. I come here with the message, Satan, let God's people go. Satan gets mad. Satan hates God's ministry. He hates his minister. He hates the truth. He hates the gospel. He hates the Bible. He hates anything that is godly or godlike. And that's why I asked you to pray for the old trailblazers. I need God's grace. Uh, and I know, I look, I, I, I go back there many times. I tell you how the Lord gave me a verse of Scripture. He said, and certainly I'll be with you. And I rely on that day in and day out. But we see old Pharaoh, when the Lord approached, when Moses approached him, he said, who is the Lord? Kind of sarcastic, wasn't it? You know what? Satan knows how to use sarcasm. He said, what? What did you say, Satan? What did you say, Moses? You say, you say, let you go? Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? And that's what, folks, today, who is the Lord? He said, I'll not let them go. They're my slaves. But listen, the Lord's, uh, when the Lord approaches a sinner to deliver him and says, let him go, Satan says, who is the Lord? And I tell you, I mentioned it to you in our last study, when that contest is between Satan and the Lord God of heaven, the Lord always wins. Then began the judgments as the Lord pressed the demand upon Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. Pharaoh began to increase their burdens, lay the lash upon their back, make them feel that they were slaves. Oh, listen, listen. Then the children of Israel began to rebel and cried unto Moses, You made our work harder in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. In other words, you've made us to be a bad taste in the mouth of Pharaoh. Instead of delivering us, you've increased our bondage. Instead of being our deliverer, you've caused us to be abhorred in the sight of Pharaoh. Isn't that something? Isn't that just like a sinner? Isn't that just like a sinner? When God approaches a poor lost soul, hell-bound, hell-deserving, to deliver him, when the Spirit of the living God begins to open his heart and let him see who he is, what he is, the hell he's going to, and the death sentence that rests upon him, then Satan, his master, begins to accuse him. He begins to tell him that he's all right, that he's all right, that he had better, uh, better stay where he is, tells him he better not listen to that preacher. Oh, my friend, I've heard of instances where the Lord began to deal with some poor lady and her husband getting mad and go cuss the preacher out and threaten to whip him. Uh, as a result, my friend, uh, Satan arouses all of rebellion in the heart of that blinded sinner and arouses all of his pride, and then he'll rear back and say, Well, I'm so confused, I don't know if he's right or not. I don't know if the old trailblazer is telling me the truth or not. I don't know this, and I don't know that, and listen, I don't, all, on and on. So-and-so said he was saved, and he's not. How do I know when the person gets saved? How will I know? But, brother, let me tell you something. It's only a loving, tender, kind, sovereign God who loves you. 
and one who will put up with a sinner and stay with him and let not let him go because he loves him. If he did not, the sinner would never get saved. If God should withdraw his presence from you, leave you there, you would never get out. Suppose he had said to the Jews, now you listen. Suppose he had said uh, to the Jews, all right, okay, I'll stay there then. I came to deliver you, but if you don't want it, then stay there. And left them there in Egypt to rot. So it is with you, my brother, my sinner friend. Oh, listen, listen, awakened sinner. If you won't have the Lord, you made up your mind to stay where you are, then stay where you are. Stay where you are. I've often told individuals to go on, live in sin, get all the pleasure you can get, because this life is the only place you're ever going to have any sin. Where you headed is straight for <clears throat> that pit where there's only weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. My friend, I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't reason with you. I, I cannot compromise with you. I have to tell you that there's only two places where you're going to spend eternity. That's either, either in heaven with our blessed Lord, uh, uh, saved and washed in the blood, cleansed, given a new heart, a new spirit, or spending eternity in that dark doom of hell where there's only weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. My friend, listen, th- th- this, is not, this is not a fairy tale, I'm telling you. It's not fairy talk. It's not, it's not Sunday go to meet and religion. This is not just religion, my friend. This is salvation. This, this is, I'm telling you of eternity. Do, do, you, do you ever, are you ever out on the highway, maybe the interstate or wherever you are, and you meet one of those long professions with a white hearse in front of it and about 100 cars behind it? Those folks are going to put that body into the grave somewhere. That individual has died and gone out into eternity. I tell my folks here at funerals that I conduct, I put my hand on the brow of that individual, and I say, this, this soul is gone. This, there's no one here in this coffin except this old carcass, and this soul is gone on. Where did it go? Will I be able to say where you went? Will, will I be able to look you in the eyes as you eyes close in death and say, Pastor, I'm ready to go, brother. I'm ready to go. I can hear the bells ringing, Lord, come get me. I'm coming home. You ever sing that song? Lord, I'm coming home. Oh, Lord, I'm coming home. I wasted many a precious year, but Lord, I'm coming home. You ever sung that song? You ever sung that song, my friend? I have. I've wasted many a precious year. Now I'm coming home. Oh, my friend, I wish you could sing that with me. I wish you could. I tell folks, don't be despondent. Look up. But have you ever been saved? Have you ever been cleansed by the blood? Have you ever been washed in the blood? Oh, my friend, this this is, we're talking about eternal thing. We're talking about eternal thing. Now, now, but old Satan is right there. Right there, my friend. And uh, it's only because of the love of God that any sinner is ever saved. And if I should... Uh, withdraw his Lord says if I should withdraw my present and leave you there you'd never get out you'd never go oh but listen no sinner would ever come to Christ of his own accord no you throw off that loving kind gentle tugging of your heart throw it off throw it off you won't never get to Christ no and listen 
uh, if you will, go there and read uh, those ten plagues. I don't have time to go into all of them, but there were ten plagues poured out upon Egypt. You'll notice that at first those judgments fell upon both the Egyptians and the Jews until the Jews began to realize that the Lord of heaven is a God of judgment as well as a God of mercy. As the judgment kept falling, Pharaoh continued to harden his heart and would not let him go. There come a time when God began to make a difference between the Egyptians and the Jews by mixing mercy with judgment. Finally, the line was drawn. The Jews began to see that their judgment and that God made a difference and had chosen them because he mixed their bitter with sweet, mercy with, with bitter. Now, let me tell you something. If God don't mix bitter waters of repentance with the mercy of the cross, it would be hopeless, wouldn't it? Now, you get this. God never saves a sinner, never delivers a sinner until that sinner is made to see and to realize and to feel and to acknowledge the judgment of God upon sin. All this little handshaking, believingism, silk handkerchief preaching, walking the aisle, shaking the preacher's hand, signing a little card, making a decision, rededicating your life, never has been and never will be uh, salvation. Under such preaching, under those things, uh, a sinner never sees the judgment of God. I stake my eternal destiny upon that, my friend. The sinner never sees himself under condemnation. He never beholds himself as a slave of Satan, bound by Satan, by uh, listen, and going to the same hell that Satan is going to. Under such preaching, the sinner never sees himself hopeless and helpless, doomed and damned apart from the grace of God. Now, let me tell you something, friend. Those three million Jews came down there in the brick hills of Egypt were made to feel the lash of the taskmaster's rod. They were made to feel and to know the bitterness of bondage, and they saw the judgments falling, and they knew that it could fall upon them. God began to break their rebellion and slowly broke it until they came to admit to their, at their utter helplessness and hopelessness apart from Jehovah God. In our next lesson, we're going to see how the Lord uh, delivers those individuals by blood, by blood and by power. But I just want to take this last minute or two to ask you folks, you who hear me all over this nation, from, from Maine to, to California and from Washington State to Florida, up and down Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico, have you, have you ever been saved? Are you saved? Can you look up into the starry skies at night sitting on your back porch maybe when the cool of the evening and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving an old sinner like me. That old trailblazer says he does that. Sit out there on the back porch at night in the cool of the evening and say, thank you, Lord. Have you ever done that, my friend? Have you? Have you ever just bowed your head and said, thank you, Lord? The Bible says give thanks in all things. Have you done that? The Bible says, I will give you a new heart. Has the Lord given you a new heart, my friend? The Bible says, when the old things are passed away and all things have become new. Is that true in your life, my friend? The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Did you know that? Did you know that? The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. You know what's only the only thing that keep you out of hell? 
is the blood of Christ. Blood and blood redemption. The blood of the Son of God who gave his blood on the cross to save a, a hell devil like you. Oh, I'm somebody. Come. I teach Sunday school. I, I, I lead the choir. I, I preach the gospel. Do you? Are you saved? Are you just following in some man's footsteps? Are you just doing, Got a, well, it's a good job preaching. Now you retire early. Retire? I heard a man the other day, a woman said, this, this lady said her preacher was retired. He's retired now. He just made 65, and he's retired. We here at the Trailblazer broadcast, we don't rust out. We, we burn out. If we leave, it's because we burned out. Not because we rusted out from inactivity and retiring and playing golf and all those things. Those things are good. Don't don't get me wrong. That's all right. That's fine. But my friend, to retire from the gospel, like a lady told me the other night, said said we don't have church on Sunday night no more. Preacher said we let our preacher rest. I said rest from what? Playing golf? Playing golf? No, oh, my friend. The old trailblazers all stirred up. But I wish you would turn to the Lord. Turn to Him, Lord. Lord, save me. Lord, save me, else I perish. And remember the old trailblazer in your prayers, if you will. And remember my mailing address. Help me a little with the broadcast. Go out there and dig up that old coffee can in the backyard and send me $100, if you will. And uh, then remember my mailing address. It's the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my website, radiomissions.org. My web's my email address is pastor at radiomissions.org. Goodbye and God bless you.